Bam 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 I love to get a laugh out of Miss. <laughs> that woman why. laughing over there is Misty Stennett. I'm Lisa Linky, and this is Go Help Yourself, a comedy self podcast. <laughs> life suck less. A comedy self podcast. Is that is what my, I said? You did, and I love it because we are self podcasting. <laughs> I mean, listen, the words are coming right out of our mouth, I, right into your ear holes. I'm like a a, a fighter pilot. Who's going down? Uh, who, no, no. Who's going towards the battleship to land, but realizing that <laughs> he is below empty on the fumes. <laughs> and we're just on a wing and a prayer on a self podcast. <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody. This is Go Help Yourself a Comedy Self Help Podcast to, to make, make life, life suck less. less. Again, that's Misty Stinnett. I'm Lisa Linky, and we are your co hosts on this journey of self discovery, enlightenment, and self discovery. <laughs> Uh, yeah. A little bit of comedy thrown in. That was a terrible hand fart. I apologize. Do it again. Take two. <laughs> That's much better. better. That feels right. Okay. So um, this I'm is your we weekly beef. The way. <laughs> if you, yeah. If you are looking for uh, a, a weekly book review of a popular self help book, you came to the wrong Bye. episode. Either go up or down one in the feed, and you will find it. But this Thank is your you. weekly beef. This is our supplemental content where we provide where you where we braise. We braise knowledge. We throw it in a Dutch oven with some carrots, some caramelized onions, whatever the New York Times recipe says to do, and we, we give do it. a risky brisket approach to oh, a risky any, brisket. A, any kind of <laughs> supplemental material of like an article or maybe a or special guest, guest. Or a thought-provoking question yeah, maybe or trivia. A, we haven't done trivia in a long that's time. That's right. A tender au jus of trivia. That's right. Um, risky we'll biscuit. Be- <laughs> Tom Cruise was so good in that. Did I say biscuit or was it brisket? Risky, risky biscuit. <laughs> Suddenly I want to no. see an animated version of Listen, that dance with a biscuit on two Here's legs. the next thing I'll say before we even move past the intro, I which know. is if we start doing merch, we risky have biscuit. to do risky biscuit. And it feels like a risky biscuit is like... It, you know, when you're First like, all, oh, I know so this is niche. an unpopular. It's so niche. It's from a oh, fuck up on one intro of a weekly beef. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, but weekly beef came because I was like, it's your weekly beef Wellington like 14 years ago. But we've done it for an entire time. Listen, but Risky Biscuit is truly, that's is, my new Herald team name for those of you in the you. improv community. I feel like a Risky Biscuit is when you're about to say something that could be incendiary. Like you're See, like, I'm going to chime in with a risky biscuit. Like a risky biscuit is when you are going <laughs> to fart and you're not sure oh, what's going to happen. Oh, pe- if it's going to be a pellet or a full stream. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been your weekly beef. Anyway. Uh, We're just too elegant. elegant very posh. Streamlined. And gallantly ball gown wearing. Bitches in LA, and we're here for you. Oh, I wish we'd said biscuits. Why didn't we do that? <laughs> Y'all, it is the morning. I want you to know. And we're so real that we're not going to do it again. No, we're, we're going to be real with you. We're going to be real with you. It's the morning. We've barely started. Yeah. And this is where we are. So buckle in. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, Lisa. The last book that we reviewed was It's Your Ship 
by Captain D- Daddy Michael Abershoff, U.S. <laughs> Commander of the USS Benfold Whether Five, it's David and or Daddy or Daddy, Devil Daddy or Michael Abershoff, and I assigned Daddy. you the homework to go um, enlist in the Navy and command a ship. And this is my farewell episode. How did it? <laughs> <laughs> Why? I didn't see that coming. <laughs> it's Monica Misty and I absolutely hate each other. Um, it went great. She's the um, worst. Sadly, I am too old to enlist. She was already dishonorably discharged. She walked in and they were like, get out. They were like, stop dropping risky biscuits. On the deck. <laughs> of the ship, risky no. biscuit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you didn't have homework because... That you book don't was run a business with employees or excuse a me. Ship. I have two dogs and they are terrible workers. I've started communicating with them much more effectively. Thank you, thank you. And they've stopped risky biscuiting in the living room. That feels right. It does. Risky biscuit, Misty. What do you have for us today? Today, I thought it would be fun to dip our toe into the wild and weird world of self sabotage. <laughs> What? You mean my everyday? Yeah, it <laughs> feels right. It's, it. it's funny because I don't think we've actually like covered this topic yet. Uh, uh, on the in air. A really, yeah, on the <laughs> air. Oh, God. In a really, yeah, I think sometimes I call you and I'm like, why am I doing what I'm doing? And I'll be like, hi, I'm just sitting on the couch and I haven't washed my hair. <laughs> And I go, what's that about? Why are you self-sabotaging your roots? I'll be like, shut up, Misty. Okay, so you know how much I love psychology today. It's our favorite. It feels like a reputable source. I don't know. <laughs> um, so this is written by Melanie Greenberg, PhD. Okay, so she's stupid. She's so dumb. And the article is called The Top Three Reasons Why You Self-Sabotage and How to Stop. She don't know me. Right? She doesn't know. Either of us, really. And we don't know How does she know the top three? Maybe my number one is that I like it. Yeah. I like it. And I'll be in my dressing room until you're ready for me. (laughs) So, faulty thinking and fear or failure play a part. This was posted on June 11th, 2018. So, it's pretty recent. So, number one is faulty failure. Oh, no. This is the intro to the article. Yeah. Number one is you don't feel like it. Number two is I don't want to. And number three is stop bothering me, ma'am. Ma'am, bring me some more nachos. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What's happening? Here we go. I'm just going to straight up read this to you. I'm not going to look at you. Otherwise, we're going to just do bits (laughs) for 45 minutes. And this will be a full episode. (laughs) All right. Um, What voice should I do for the article? Well, what does Dr. Melanie Griffith sound like? It's easy to self-sabotage. <laughs> I'm sorry. Take, take it back. Take back two. to one. Back to one, please. It's easy to sabotage yourself. Okay, actually, if we could take it back to one, yeah. try a little more gravitas. It's easy to sabotage yourself. Take it back. Okay. Uh, it sounds like you're a little constipated. Try it oh. again. It's easy to sabotage yourself when you're trying to meet an important goal, like developing healthier habits, getting assignments done on time, saving money, managing weight, or building healthy relationships. Self-sabotage isn't just one thing. It can have many causes. <laughs> That's good. That's good. But the end result is that you get off track, mess up relationships, and don't get things done. I feel like this information's not going to sink in for anyone. If I'm doing this Ms. DeVille, voice. we loved it. We're actually going another direction, and just, we're going to go with a... Oh, oh. Yeah. Thank you. So, okay. Just a, just a general... It's David Attenborough, isn't it? Yes. I keep losing out jobs to him. It's like down to him and me, and then it's always yeah. him. And I don't, I, we sound so similar. I don't know yeah. why it keeps happening. Okay. Okay, listen. 
Self-sabotage isn't just one thing. Okay. It can have many causes. But the end result is that you get off track, mess up relationships, don't get things done, or don't perform as well as you would like. God, she's so harsh. God. uh, Come on. I just want to go back on my Finsta and feel good. Did that joke even make sense? I don't really know what a Finsta is. Oh, it's a fake Insta account. No, I know. But is it... Is your Finsta the one that, like, are you just pretending you're someone else completely? No. Is it, that's the one that looks amazing because, though it's fake? Or is it the real one and it's really you, but nobody knows it's you? I think people use it differently, but I think that's really good. I think it's Finsta because it's a it's an account name that nobody would know. Right. It's, it's like a, nobody would know, but then are you posting your truest true self on there? Hold, please. <laughs> I, th- I think... We, we we're have Googling never it because we're so young and in Finsta is a secondary, usually private Instagram account where users are more lax in deciding what they post. Right. It's so a it's private a more space authentic. that might be more personally authentic and is shared with close friends only. Okay. This is a contrast to someone's main account, which might have more heavily curated content. Okay, great. I wonder what Rachel Hollis's Finsta looks like. It's just her on a toilet. It's just her on a toilet. Not good lighting. No. The end. Smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I have Bags some actor friends eyes. who have secondary accounts yeah. that are private and then it's like the real look. We're not talking about my Finsta, Misty. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lisa's got her wide eyes on. I love it. Okay. I don't have a Finsta. I'm pretty authentic. We're never getting through this. You okay. are. I love your stories specifically. Follow Lisa if you're interested. She's at It's Linky, I-T-S-L-I-N-K-E. Great content and thought-provoking content. Really? Yes. Thank Are you, you kidding me? Thank you. You're always like, here's what I think about the presidential race, and here's why this thing is problematic, and let, but also fun and funny, and like so many cute dog posts. There are a lot of cute dog posts. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank Here you. we go. What's, tell me about why I'm self-sabotaging myself. Fine. Okay. All of this can lead to feeling bad about yourself and expecting to fail, which leads to more self-sabotage to avoid facing failure head-on, which perpetuates the cycle. Ugh. Below are some of the ways in which you may sabotage yourself and suggestions for what to do instead. My colleague and fellow Psychology Today blogger, name drop, <laughs> Alice Boys, <laughs> oh has, an, has an excellent new book out called The Healthy Mind Toolkit, which provides simple, practical psychological tools to help you stop self-sabotaging and develop healthy habits and attitudes instead. Mm. So why you self-sabotage, Lisa? <laughs> why Looking use it? You. Why use it? Or why, why you self-sabotage, oh, I thought was, Lisa Linky? I thought it was a question mark. Like, why you self-sabotage? And I was like, she's why very, she's very accusatory. <laughs> I think she's just trying to come across as like very conversational. Why you do it? What? How do? Misty, why you do this podcast? Let me tell you why. There are many reasons for self-sabotage. Keep going. But three of the most important ones involve your thinking patterns, fears you may have in intimate relationships, and the tendency to avoid things that are difficult or uncomfortable. Read on to find out more. Okay, so one is fear and thinking patterns. I'll tell you right now. Okay. Number one, faulty thinking. Our human brains tend to be wired to cling to the familiar, to overestimate risk, and to avoid trying new approaches. Yeah, that's called staying alive. (laughs) Staying alive, staying alive, scared, scared, ah, ah, staying alive, I'm scared, it's terrifying. (laughs) Okay, this tendency, known as the familiar heuristic, leads us to overvalue the things we know and undervalue things that are unfamiliar. 
Yes, Lisa. She's raising her hand. Would you like to know what a heuristic is? Yes. A heuristic is a mental shortcut that our brain uses so it doesn't have to do an entire pattern all the way through and think it out. For example, a heuristic is like that you know if you go to a restaurant, you're going to uh, uh, be sat by a um, host. You're going to look at a menu. You're going to place an order. They're going to bring you your food. You're going to eat. You're going to pay your bill and leave. Rather than every time you go into a restaurant having to be like, what happens next? What happens next? What happens next? (laughs) That sounds so scary. (laughs) Well, it is terrifying. So it's like it's brain pattern recognition. It's a shortcut. It's basically okay. a shortcut because many different restaurants are different, mm-hmm. but in essence, they'll all work the same. So okay. even if it's a cafeteria, right. even if it's a, a like a diner or a fancy restaurant, in essence, it all works the same. Okay. Yeah. So it's a heuristic. Great. It sounds like that's like the brain optimized for efficiency and so we don't get overwhelmed. It is. Our brain learns by grouping things together so that we can – we learn by um, – d- No. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) What is the word that I. Lisa. I love watching Lisa's brain meltdown in real time. I wish you could see her face. Discriminate. We learn by discriminating, which mm. sounds like a terrible word, but it's true. We learn by grouping things together. Yeah. Right. Things with four legs our furniture but then we and learn dogs what are tables and chairs things that are inanimate that are right four legs are tables <laughs> mm-hmm. and chairs right but what makes a table versus a chair things that have four legs and fur but what makes a dog versus a cat so like uh, our brain learns to categorize and discriminate yeah. between that makes sense so that's how it's gotta work are somehow okay that's really helpful because when i was like is a familiarity here a secular like mm-hmm, and i was like i don't know what that is but i'm gonna pretend that i do so now in context can you read that sentence again yes Our human brains tend to be wired to cling to the familiar, to overestimate risk, and to avoid trying new approaches. This tendency, known as the familiarity heuristic, Mm -hmm. leads us to overvalue the things we know and undervalue things that are unfamiliar. So if somebody says, would you like to learn how to play the flute? We Mm. as adults probably go, no, thank you. No, thank you. Because I don't know what that's like. I don't know how to do that. And I don't. That's scary. But if somebody says, would you like to take the stairs or the escalator? We know what both of those things are and we're comfortable making a choice. Oh, absolutely. And obviously it's the fucking escalator. And let me put it in another (laughs) lens. If we tend to overvalue the things we know and undervalue things that are unfamiliar, welcome to online dating. Welcome to how it's like, I don't know you, so I'm just going to fucking swipe. I'm going to swipe left. There's one tiny thing that I don't like or your profile Mm -hmm. doesn't seem wildly interesting. No, thanks. Great. Great and I think that's why there. it's so hard to cut through the noise in that sense is it's like... Here's my tip. My God. Just any guy standing naked in front of a bathroom mirror or on his motorcycle. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of those and you're going to enjoy that. No, that's right. That's really what gets me to click is like, are you already posting nudes mm-hmm. to whoever online? Mm-hmm. You're my kind of person. If he could be naked on a motorcycle inside of his bathroom... That's the winner. That's especially impressive. <laughs> Inside this bathroom. Okay. We're never getting through this article. When no. our brains are tired, we resort to old habits and ways of doing things, even if they don't work well. Okay. She's now personally attacking me. <laughs> it feels, and it says Lisa yeah. in here. Okay. She's being a real risky biscuit we, right now. A real we are drawn to go with I'm so this is gonna live for it's gonna biscuits gonna live forever biscuits gonna learn how to fly hi I'm gonna something forever baby remember my risky biscuit risky biscuit <laughs> the idea of like 
like a sentient biscuit flying through the His air. Little mouth. <laughs> biscuit. 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 Now you may have pictured him sideways, but I'm picturing him. I he has a cape on in my mind. I'm picturing him uh, horizontally, and where you would pull him apart for, is where his mouth goes. For anyone listening. Please, very, very quickly, doodle your idea of a risky biscuit. I don't care if you're driving. We don't care if you're driving, if you're in the middle Mentally of something very Mentally dangerous. You're rock your risky climbing, biscuit. Yosemite. Do we have st- like stick man legs? Do we have thick muscle legs? You, I so badly want you to just take a picture. You can put it on Instagram and tag at Go Help Yourself Podcast. Hashtag or email risky us. biscuit. Hashtag risky biscuit. We will both do this today. We will do this. Today, and then I need you to, or you could email it to us, or uh, I just be brave. Go help. Don't go with a familiarity heuristic. Go tag us on Insta. Tag us. Be brave. Oh my god. Hashtag be brave. Hashtag risky biscuit. (laughs) I go comfort zone. Um, what is that's. Anyway. So now she's attacking my tire break. Listen, we are drawn to go with the familiar even when a different option offers a clear advantage. Yes. In one study, researchers asked subjects to do a complicated word puzzle. One group performed under time pressure while the other was told to take as much time as they needed. After the puzzle was done, subjects were told they had to do another puzzle, but were given a choice between a longer puzzle uh, invented by the same person who designed the first puzzle or a short puzzle designed by somebody they did not know. The group who performed under more stressful conditions conditions, time pressure, were more likely to choose the longer puzzle, even though this would put them at a disadvantage. It's as if their brains got confused trying to compare the advantages of length versus familiarity, so they resorted to the familiarity heuristic. Mm -hmm. It's not always easy to tell when your brain is relying on a heuristic. Try to make important decisions when you're not stressed and to consider the pros and cons of each choice rather than just going with something that intuitively sounds like the best choice but may not be. Mm. That's terrifying because you're going like, my intuition Intuition says it's this. Yeah. But really, it's just your brain being like, no, short circuit to the familiar, bish. <laughs> yeah, that's how my brain talks. Okay, number two. Fear of intimacy or fear of rejection? Now, now she she's speaking really directly to me. me. She is being a real risky <laughs> I thought you were going right to say now. now she's personally attacking you. No, and then it was she is be. me. She is talking to me. <clears throat> okay. We all know people who sabotage relationships when they reach a certain level of intimacy. Fuck you, Melanie. Which, <laughs> thank you, which she's as we it. know. She's hit it, and now I'm sabotaging it. <laughs> Fuck you, Melanie. Fuck you, Melanie. You just got too close. Yeah. Too intimate. You a risky biscuit. <laughs> so here's the thing. We know from the book Attached, which was a f- several books ago, go down in your feed, that that sounds like avoidant attachment systems. Go down in your feet. In go, your feet. Okay. But go down on your feet. If look, if you're flexible and you can do that, we're no, no, jam. Okay. So some uh, people cheat. That's right. Others pick fights or get controlling to push the person away. Still, others reveal all their insecurities or become too needy and clingy, which is anxious attachment, Melanie. These are all unconscious ways in which our brains fear getting trapped or rejected if we get too close. Many of these patterns are based on childhood relationships with caregivers. If you have insecure attachment, you may unconsciously fear repeating the past. Perhaps your parents... Uh, Perhaps your parent was rejecting or neglectful, critical, inconsistent, or you had to be the the parentified child. Whose parent wasn't like that? (laughs) It's a great question. Yeah, like... One of those things. What's it called? Attachment parenting when like you just never let your child go for the first like three years of its life Mm -hmm. did you see that there's a Maya Rudolph movie 
I can't remember what it's called, but Maggie Gyllenhaal plays this like hippie mom, and Maya Rudolph is like, "Oh yeah, hey, it's, here, uh, away we go, away we go." And Maya Rudolph's like, "Hey, I got you um, a new stroller for your baby." And Maggie Gyllenhaal looks at her with the gravitas and like seriousness of like a thousand warriors, and is like, "I love my baby. Why would I want to push her away from me?" <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? Anyway, here we go. Um. Parts of our brains remember this pain from old caregivers and begin to act in adult relationships as if we are with our parent or perhaps do the complete opposite in an extreme way, which gets us into trouble as well. If your fear of intimacy or rejection is strong, it is better to mindfully allow your insecure or fearful feelings to be there while actively working to find healthy, mature ways of talking about them rather than running away or pushing people away. You need to remind yourself that you are an adult now and you have a much greater capacity to tolerate stress and rejection and to take care of yourself than you did as a child. Do I, though? I don't know, because my heart rate's, like, increasing as I'm reading the sentence. I'll be honest, I kind of left my body while you were, while you were leaving that. I was like, uh... Lisa's not interested. She's not here. She's self-sabotaging this podcast Fuck episode. Fuck you, Melanie. <laughs> Also remind yourself of what you have to gain by staying engaged. Try to be more self-aware and to notice the effects of your behavior patterns on your relationship happiness. So basically she's saying, even when you're feeling the instinct to do these things, tolerate the discomfort and focus on what's good about it. Fine. That's what I'm hearing. Fine. The third uh, way in which we self-sabotage is procrastination and avoidance. Sound familiar? Sav? No, I'm kidding. Whoa! Shots fired! No, no, no! I thought it would be funny to bring him because we all feel personally attacked. That was the joke. Yeah, Sav. Which one of these is resonating Sav is, with you? Are you kidding me? Sav is the best. I know. Sav is like, do you ladies want to? He's listen the to that most for me? reliable. I know. Producer. Which, by the way, if you have any recording needs for Effects Village Studios in Los Angeles, California, highly recommend. Please. A third way you may self sabotage is by not dealing with problems until they get so big that you are forced to deal with them. Hey, laundry every week. <gasps> I don't know. My sink is full of dirty dishes because I haven't unloaded the clean dishwasher. I don't know what she's talking about. Fuck you, Melanie. Look, it's a um, what are they? A bottleneck. It's a bottleneck. Mm-hmm. It's real. Everyone deals with it. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Or okay. So you you let the problems get so big that you're forced to deal with them, or not being able to discipline yourself to get work done on time. There are several potential reasons for procrastinating and avoiding. You may never have learned the skills to break tasks up into smaller pieces, or you may be too tired to plan out a schedule for doing the work. Alternatively, you may feel overwhelmed by the magnitude of the task or feel like an imposter who doesn't have what it takes to succeed. I can't do it. It's like she can see my soul. Fuck you, Melanie. Fuck you, Melanie. No, you're crying. Self-sabotaging by not getting started, staying up too late, Misty, or going out with friends or watching television instead of working is a very common pattern. Mm-hmm. In the short term, you manage to avoid the discomfort of an anxiety-provoking or boring and unrewarding task. Yeah. But in the long term, the things you've put off come back to bite you. There was a great tweet. It said, I've titled my memoir, She Waited Three Months to Do a Task That Ultimately Took Ten Minutes. Yeah. That feels right. Yeah. I'm going to title my memoir, Risky Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I got her mid-coffee, you guys. Okay, you we're doing great. This is a short article, but it's, it's taking a, long a minute. Beef. It's a long beef. It's a long... Look, we're here to deliver your beefs the way you like them. Long and slow. Whoa. Like a brisket. Oh. Like a biscuit. Thank you. A risky brisket. <laughs> 
You may also procrastinate and avoid because you are perfectionistic, overthinking things, or can't decide where to begin. Close my diary. <laughs> All of these tendencies. <laughs> oh, so good. I gave her pneumonia, you guys. All of these tendencies tend to have an anxiety component, I'll say. You can counteract them by giving yourself a time limit to choose or by allowing yourself to make an imperfect choice. It helps to see yourself as being able to learn from experience and improve over time. This is what researcher Carol Dweck calls a growth mindset. I hate Carol Dweck. I love Carol Dweck. We will be covering mindset. This year in 2020, right. I love it. All right. Okay. This just story after story. A gro- <laughs> it's got good principles. A growth mindset makes the possibility of failure less scary, whereas if you see your abilities as fixed, you are more likely to avoid performance situations or sabotage yourself so your weaknesses won't be clearly exposed. Stop. You've just covered growth mindset. There's, There's no need to read the book. to it. Truly. Than that. Truly not. Truly not. I remember when I read it, and you know what? It was like one of the first self-help books I ever read. So maybe that's why I loved it so much. Because Corey Mandel, our writing teacher, yes. assigned it. Yes. And I was so mad that I paid money to expedite that book to get to me because I had delayed ordering it. <laughs> so <laughs> when I could have just read like... <laughs> when I could have just read the summary of the book and truly got the book. Right. By the way, do you see this on my neck? Is that what is that? It looks like a hickey. Yeah, I was going to ask, it's but I didn't. Not, want it. It's not. It's not. I burned the shit out of myself oh. with my curling iron. Yeah, that's why. But maybe I don't I'll curl tell everyone it's a hickey because does that make me seem more interesting and slutty? It makes you seem like a sixth grader. Oh, good. I love it. Okay, great. I'm just going to cover it with my short, short haircut. Great. Okay. That was a window into my world, everyone. You're Here we welcome. go. Keep going. Procrastination and avoidance, as well as addictive behavior, can also be ways of not taking responsibility for your actions. These behaviors allow you to blame outside factors like not having enough time, if you do poorly, rather than admitting your role and not using your time well. Some of us fear success because we shun the limelight or fear that others will expect more from us than we can deliver. But rather than facing this fear head on, we tend to set ourselves up for failure instead. The take-home message. When it comes to self-sabotage, one size doesn't fit all. You may be too tired and stressed to think through complex choices and instead rely on easy but inaccurate heuristics. You may sabotage relationships because you fear closeness and intimacy or fear rejection. Or you may procrastinate and avoid because you fear fair... Because you fear failure or lack planning and time management skills. The solution differs depending on your area of self-sabotage. Getting enough rest and not taking on too much can help you think more clearly and make better choices. Understanding the roots of your fears of intimacy and rejection and taking small steps towards more closeness can help in the relationship arena. And taking more responsibility for planning and motivating yourself and adopting a growth mindset can help with procrastination at work. The end. Melanie Greenberg, PhD. Fuck you, Melanie. Um, thank you so much for <laughs> reading that delirious insight into my brain, into everybody's brain. Everybody self sabotages a little bit. I like. I feel like I've I I've got something checked off in every single one of these categories. Yeah, I feel like she's speaking truth, and I can tell because I'm my brain kind of goes somewhere else. It's like it's like sh- nope, too much zoning out. Um, also, it could be that you hate my voice and you don't find me engaging, which is what it. I'm going to choose to believe. I think believe. that's not, thank you, self-sabotage. I feel like um, actually what it is is that I didn't, and this is not not a comment on your choice, but I didn't ask for this information at this moment. And so when she's saying it, I'm kind of like, I'm not, I don't want it. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye. 
It's like when a parent pulls you aside and they're like, let me tell you something about life. And you're like, it's 11 a.m. and I have soccer practice and I can't. Now's wow. not the time. Wow, we really are saying a lot of inside mistakes today. <laughs> no, you're not. Because I was <laughs> on the soccer team for like five minutes. Yeah, second because string. then five minutes in, your parent pulled you aside. Yeah, and was life. like, we got to talk about this. And I'm like, now's not the time for a life lesson. I'm life. trying to listen to Britney Spears they're and like, get my run on. Life. You're not always going to be on the field. Okay. Okay. You're going to be listening to Britney on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to play defense, run some offense, oh, God. you know, give it your all. all well, let us know if this article resonated with you or if we truly ruined it with all of our interjections. I don't think so. We did have a comment on Instagram. This woman was like, I really wanted to listen to this book, your podcast covering this book, but you kept interrupting each other too much and talking over each other and I couldn't oh, hear. really? And I said, you know what? You're right. Which this book is, was it? Um, it was attached. And oh. I was like, you know what? Um, um, but I was so pleased that she had listened and then was so irritated that she went to Instagram to comment on it. It made me really That's happy. That's user engagement. I know. I was like, you know what? This is not the style of podcast where we like do deep, like long yeah. reports. It's very much a friendly, familial feel. And if that's your jam, yeah, you're not going to find it here. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. but thanks for the feedback. That's good to know. Yeah. I Yeah. We're gonna try one where I just talk no, at you. No, we are not gonna do that. And you no, don't. And no, you don't. No, it's no, not a conversation. Nope. We're not gonna do it because that's just not our style. No, it's not. And I really want to know how <laughs> that and yes and uh, I want to know how everyone's self sabotage is going. That's what I was, yeah. I was um, say. Well, I I feel like mine because uh, procrastination is a big one for me. But I'm getting better at being like, okay, I'm only going to let myself procrastinate for 20 minutes. And then I've got like oh, literally nice. setting a timer and being like, you know, the, five, four, the three, two, one off. is good with that. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, five second rule by Mel Robbins, yeah. which is also a book. If you scroll way down in your feed, maybe also, halfway like, through. I think year. also sometimes self-sabotage. I do think that she's right on the money with perfectionism. Like better is done than uh, good is better than perfect. Oh, yeah. That's a or big done one. is better than well, and, good. And that personally for me goes back to fear of rejection. Yeah. If it's not like it includes when people come over to my house, if it's not perfectly clean, like if somebody sees like a baseboard has yeah. dust on it, oh, wow. they'll reject me and not like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, what's a baseboard? But I went over to a friend's house who was hosting this like big event and her bathroom was disgusting. I mean, like toothpaste everywhere, hair clippings everywhere, whatever. And she was so comfortable with having everyone over. And I was like, and no one's rejecting her. So like, yeah. I almost said loosen your purse strings in it. But you know what I mean? Loosen your purse <laughs> you know strings I mean? and hire a maid to come in Stand to clean it. every baseboard. I don't have the money for that. Here's what I say. I tell people come over and I go, I have two dogs and there's tumbleweeds everywhere. Yeah, but your I place is always so cozy and lovely. Yeah. I think I need to to under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah, that sounds like an excellent recipe for you to relax. We're going to parachute out of this episode. Love everybody, everybody so much. Life is, is a abundant. risky biscuit. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know, you can also find us on the social medias. Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast. Twitter at podcast, Or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye. Bye.